Citizens of the Verse, today is February 1st, 2953, and welcome to another episode of CitizenCast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by the always chipper, always present, Seagard Olsen. <laughs> Thank you, Seagard, for joining tonight. I As am always. here and present. I'm present. (laughs) (laughs) And while I am not uh, consuming anything that will alter my state too much, uh, well, or at least significantly, I am drinking a delicious Negroni. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. So good. The only thing it's missing is an orange slice, but I got one of those ones in a bottle. Um. For, for those who don't know, a Negroni is three parts, all equal parts, gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. Uh, this one is in a bottle, but it comes from Italy, and it's all proprietary blends of each one of those things. Um, so it's actually quite delicious. It's called Negroni number 21, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, so... It's been a couple weeks. Uh, my apologies. Between the content drought and just work being crazy, I've been virtually non-existent. Um, but uh, Seagard, what have you been up to this, the past couple weeks in the verse? Just took a bite of a small sh- sugar donut. Hang on one second. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> I was like, I hear something going on back there. My dog wanted the other half. You know, it's. <laughs> I hate to say it, but... My wife picked up those little, like, four packs of mini donuts. Oh, I love I love the chocolate ones. Oh, the chocolate were gone, like, you know, great thing for a diet. Look in there, like, poof, we're gone. Me and the yeah. dog are just like, he, I don't give him much, but he just drools all over me until I give him something. And the yeah. powder ones are equally as good. I mean, that, the that powder was my, ones are delicious. It was such an eventful evening today. So the, uh, so I... So that's your Negroni? I ate my stress out, yes. Let's put it that. But I had to, um, uh, I've been, one of the things I've been doing is, was experimenting with gin drinks, because I've never been a gin drinker. Yeah, you mentioned that. Right. And uh, I I thought it was very interesting that gin was actually used by the British um, as a, uh, actually tonic water was used to treat, what was the? Malaria. uh, Malaria. Yeah. And they use gin to take to get rid of the bitterness. I did not yeah. know that. So I thought that was interesting. Even so I further, learned that in the Aurora Seaguard, handbook. That was in the Aurora handbook. Even further, Seaguard, the they had the gin on hand because that was their payment for being in the military. Hey, Romans paid with salt. Rations of gin. Yeah. 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 Send me so, to the edge of the known exciting. world for salt. Or, or gin. I'll do it. <laughs> so... So you're finding yourself a gin drinker these days. What? Um, yeah, yeah. And what what libations have you been I was having? Doing, I've been well, just straight gin and tonics. But uh, oh, nice. I had some uh, old fashions for the bourbon side of the house, trying to figure out the mixes and all that. But mm-hmm. you no, know, okay. Um, other than that, I did. I have been in the P two a little bit. I lost a week. Nice. I had my nephew come down and uh, had played a bunch of board games, which was a blast. Oh, amazing. You know, the modern board games, not Monopoly. These are yeah, you know, tough. like a Catan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really fun. We had a good time Did that uh, with him and his, uh, I guess, significant other girlfriend, future wife, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, for a week while they were visiting Disney. And uh, 
but I did play. And one of the things, uh, you know, I, I took my second pack and I had that, you know, starter pack and I tried to figure out why, how I want to play in the future. Um, mm-hmm. when they come out with 318 proper, cause everyone's, you know, the, the big rave right now is talking about, um, are you going to earn your way back up the chain, start from the bottom and work your way up? Or are you just going to fly your big ships? What are you going to do? And I decided to kind of take on that small ship challenge starting from the mm-hmm. bottom. So I melted my Mustang pack. Right. That's a pretty small pack already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, what can I get that's even lower? And I had some credits on that account. Uh, so I actually melted it uh, and got a, um, uh, first I, I got just a rock, just a mining mm-hmm. vehicle. And I was going to start with that and say, hey, just bum transportation. You know, hey, can you get me out to a station where I can go do some rock mining? And hey, can someone come pick me up so I can go back? <laughs> right? Yeah. But I thought that'd be a little too drastic. So I used a little bit of the extra credits to uh, pick up an Aurora ES. There so, you go. And uh, played it in the PTU. Uh, absolutely fell in love with the Aurora again. It's just so simple. Uh, the cargo works. And we'll talk more about that later, some of the other things we discovered. But uh, that, So I've been playing with that. I've been trying all the other ships to look for anything unique about them. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I was in the uh, – what was it yesterday? Uh, I was out with uh, Hamar in the 600. I was out, I went out in the raft, I went out in the Taurus, um, had some adventures in that, um, you know, 100 I did some stuff in that, just to kind of see what worked, even played around in the apartment that you spawn in on Orison, what can mm-hmm. you do in the apartment, what things open, what things don't. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, you'll notice like little features in the PTU. Oh, yeah. Like an, an example of one is now the um, the uh, Drake Corsair has a button in that elevator to send the elevator back up because they didn't have that before. So you would have to leave the elevator open if you right. use the elevator. Yeah. So like little tiny little things that come out that they realize, um, and then the, also they say that the the um the ship inventories for single seaters exist across all ships now which it, is good too yeah and you can access it from standing next to the ship yeah that's exciting so, yeah i was yeah, looking right for at the that. ladder right yeah exactly and i was actually i checked it on the uh uh what's the data running ship from drake uh mercury no that's the uh <laughs> that would uh, be the crusader one <laughs> you're yeah, talking about right. the um the uh, the Drake Herald. Herald, that's it. Um, I was flying around on that yesterday, trying to. Not a lot has changed on that ship. Still pretty fun to yeah. fly, um, but the inventory did work. So yeah, I couldn't open up awesome. any cabinets. I couldn't, you know, store any weapons in you yeah. know, lockers yet. It's still in the old framework, but I could yeah. drag materials from you know that I looted into the vehicle and fly it back. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, I myself, I haven't played that much. I stopped playing the PTU because the patch downloads were doing that thing that keeps happening to me. Yeah, because you're using the, uh, what's the service you're using again? 
Shadow. Shadow. I don't think that's the reason. I think it's just for some reason when I have both on there, it just gets really confused and won't work. Oh, so okay. I just I'm I was just playing in live. I'm like 318 will be here soon enough. <laughs> uh, but you know we'll see. I also don't yeah. want to overdo it with 318. Yeah. Before the patch is live because I I don't I don't want to bank on you know when I, we get 319. I I honest I I have extremely hard time not playing PTU because going back it's like a whole new game for me. It's sadness. <laughs> Yeah, it looks beautiful. Well, plus, plus everything's going to be white. Well, it's not only that. I mean, it's just you know the ability to interact with things. It's it's so much more enhanced within mm-hmm. within three eighteen. It really mm-hmm. is a significant thing for me. I I didn't think it would impact me that way, but uh, yeah, it's it's like wow, this is this is truly amazing. What what I think was exciting, I didn't get to play myself, but watching the videos of, um, or, or what, hearing people who've played three eighteen when they were doing Xenothreat tests and um, other tests. First of all, it's the first time people have tested Xenothreat during um, having a hundred players. Uh-huh. So they're saying the space battles are so much more epic, but then also because the ships persist. There's a Correct. lot more danger in your flying, so you have to be very careful. Absolutely, so, uh, pretty exciting. And then people did confirm that you can, you can indeed salvage Idrises. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, you can, you can salvage pretty much anything. It's, we'll take. You could, I got some more experiences with that too. Uh, it, it, if you could salvage a wrench, you could salvage salvage an Idris. That's right, um, and you could be soft so. killed on the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, with your vehicle, uh, the Taurus was soft killed by a catap, or a, actually a Carrick that rammed us on the pad. Um, rammed us uh-huh. on the pad on a on a planet. Soft killed the, the Taurus. Um, left it blasted up against the side of one of the buildings, like at an angle. Oh wow! Um, we were able to get on board of it, on board it, but and power it up, but it wouldn't. Nothing really worked. I couldn't get all the screens to work. It had sparks Can't going sit everywhere. In the seat. Or can you sit in the seat? I you can I sit, can in, the sit seat. in the seat. I actually thought I was going to be able to lift it off, but Haymar was laughing. He goes, "Man, you're you're missing both your rear engines. <laughs> <laughs> There's like huge holes in the middle of the ship." And I do I mean like Hay- you could you could have driven an Aurora through the middle of that thing. <laughs> I could hear so Haymar t- saying it right now. Uh, oh wow, you got uh, Haymar to play the game? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So no, and instead of that other game he's been playing with the yeah, Badger, yeah, the uh, Ark. Because the other one, yeah, yeah, no, he's been playing a little bit. We've had we've had a good time each time we've played it. Uh, we really, awesome. it's been fun. It sounds like it's getting a lot more stable too. And correct me if I'm wrong. I have had amazingly good luck with it. Um, yeah, we had one portion the other day for we got on. Two of us got on. Took us a little while to get in. Um, but when we got in, it was playing fine, and all of a sudden, they just got really choppy. I mean, the frame rates dropped through the floor. <clears throat> uh, but I've heard that can happen if there's a lot of items that have been spawned in the on the server, yeah. and someone detonates like a C2 full mm-hmm. of cargo, it'll just crumple the server because it can't handle that I'm much. Sure. So I know I'm they've sure. been trying to fix that over the last couple of days, so. Yesterday we yeah. played and it was perfect. I mean, perfect. Awesome. Yep. Excellent. 
Well, in, in addition to us, uh, you know, in, in addition to you playing the game, we have content again. So content is back. Yes, we um, do. And oh, I just realized something really specific I forgot to do. Um, that's okay. Uh, so uh, this week, Inside Star Citizen returned for its 2023 debut. Um, and so uh, they talked about how, um, uh, first and foremost, they talked about derelicts of all types, uh, particularly ships, um, and wanting to increase the abil- their ability to procedurally generate them with a variety of factors involved. So they want ships that are, you know, at various stages of decay, um, including like a brand new fiery wreck that must have just crashed to one that crashed, but now is extinguished um, to one that's crashed and now has vegetation on it. And then a, a fully rusted out sort of husk version of the same thing. Uh, they also showed off the variety of camp assets that they can add to those locations to create some storytelling elements and mission capabilities, uh, including like bars and habitation uh, quarters and everything. They want everything to feel very lived in. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So the whole idea is like, they want to be able to generate these crash sites, crash sites very quickly, but be able to spend more time kind of tweaking the look and, and um, feel versus having to spend all that time creating them in the first place. And then uh, the second half of the episode was a look, uh, an extended look at the new Lorville, um, which will be about double in size There'll be a lot of different interesting flight paths through um, the city this time, including some like, you know, kind of uh, tunnel and like canal type things. That's cool. And uh, yeah, and they'll be adding buildings that you can land on top like we have at the other landing zones that will expand the future mission content and allow for space uh, for building interiors. I think the one interesting part about that is, uh, you know, Jared mentioned that the Lorville work has been moving so quickly. It sounds like it's going to be in our hands a lot sooner than we initially anticipated. I think a lot of people are hoping maybe 319. That would be cool. But it looks pretty great. Um, I'm excited for it. It, it looks, hope, I hope they do some minor tweaks to the places that we actually move about to. Um, just to make the wayfinding better. But beyond that, because I still get lost there. I'm still like, where am I going? Right. Um, Maybe it's because I hate going there, but <laughs> um, we shall see. So, yeah, d- did you get a chance to see the episode? I did. Uh, I I awesome. really liked it. Um, I was particularly intrigued, you know, the whole discussion around the, like I mentioned, the uh, the cleanup, the, the you know, the, the thought pattern of how they're going to keep the number of um, items down in a given instance. It's a different, uh, different show there, Seagard. <laughs> Well, oh, I'm thinking you're talking to the, the one with uh, Inside Star Citizen versus the live. Yeah, yeah, this is the. Oh, did I watch the wrong one? <laughs> with okay, you're talking about the one with Todd Pappy, Guillaume, yes. and Benoit. Yeah, yes. Well, why don't yeah. we just jump into that and talk about that? So, um, okay. Uh, yeah, Todd Pappy, Guillaume, and Benoit talked about all things 318. More, more importantly, it means that I have something to go look at that I didn't know about yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, a whole, a whole Inside Star Citizen episode. I wonder you were like, you were like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, that sounds, yeah, it's looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. fake it till I make it. Yeah. 
Did we watch the same thing? Mediocrity um, and me go hand in hand. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's everybody, let's face it. Um, they did talk about like the reason why you know, 318 is exciting. And what we'll notice is like server persistence between crashes will be dramatically improved. Um, and you'll more than likely be able to join a server that feels lived in, you know, you'll see wrecks and things. Uh, one place where it's super evident they mentioned is the new racetracks where you can see where there might be a really tight mm. bend. Cause there's some crash ships there where oh, people I made a mistake. Remember this. I do remember yeah. this. Uh, and this is where they talked about the automated cleanup routine and assets might get out of hand and be taxing for the server um, and yeah. the different approaches to it. Um, and then, you know, I think a few other things they mentioned, it, they mentioned how it will definitely change our approach towards playing missions because now we could set up a ship and vehicle in support of the mission in advance. Right. Uh, they talked about how the Daymar rally um was able to go on several servers multiple hours without a single crash. I wonder if they had some staff on hand to make sure that that happened. Um, and they talked about the new character fix fixing tool versus the reset um, because PES should have fewer data corruption issues. Uh, they prefer to repair versus fix. Um, they're still working on a solution for subscriber flare being lost. And, right. you know, Todd did mention a couple things in the sense that 318 happened to be larger um, because it was delayed so much. Uh, so it, it's sort of like the quarter three and quarter four patch all in one. He talked about being happy about salvage in the state that it's in and how vehicle munching will be included in a later patch. So those were the things yeah. that I took away. Uh, you were talking about the, the cleanup. Um, yeah. yeah. Go on, tell us more. Yeah, so I I, thought, I like the idea of the cleanups and how, you know, the oldest items go away first. And, uh, you know, I would hope that those are, I was trying not to read between the lines, but I would hope based on what they've talked about in the past is that the cleanup would also occur on things that you can't see, right? Yeah. Right? That would make sense. I, I would hope that it's, a, it, it, that's sure what they it hinted at. Bench. That's what I kind of felt like. I didn't want to totally leap over, uh, make an assumption like that, but that's what I was taking away. Um, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was really good. Um, I also liked when they did the discussion about um, how, you know, the, the character reset, right? You're Now you're resetting a character, not the entire... Uh, they're going to leave as much as they can in a persistent universe, but it's basically your instance of you, just you yourself, including your crime stat will stay. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was great. Even their logic or the driver for why some of that was occurring people, you know, just logging off and then coming back in um, to skirt, you know, getting uh, uh, captured or whatever. So I, I thought all that was really good stuff. Um, it was just, it was, I thought it was a, a well done um, a session. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering it was about stuff that we knew already, it kind of helped answer some questions and put things together that either people who haven't had the opportunity to um, interact with yet, you know, right. haven't been in the, the PTU. 
or you know everything else you know that we'll be able to have some of their right. questions answered so that's pretty i'm excited for 318 whenever the hell it drops did it did it go to wave two i heard that it went to wave it two. did indeed go to wave two just the other day so okay hopefully we'll be seeing it i don't know if we'll see it this weekend but we'll probably see the live version next by next weekend i would imagine uh, but don't listen to me there because you never know. Right, right. Um, I said that was going to so happen that, three weeks ago. I mean, we've all. I thought it was going to happen before the new year, or at least go to at least go to you know full release on the PTU right. before the new year. So, but it's an important patch. So, as as critical as I want to be, and as critical as we probably should be, I understand. Yeah. Now. Uh, this week's episode of Inside Star Citizen, which will be tomorrow, will be all about Arena Commander and the, the Arena Commander feature team, which will take us through some of the first exciting changes that they'll have coming online later this year. They made it sound like it was 319, at least initially, um, at least when he talked about it during the, the Star Citizen Live last week. Or was it Inside Star Citizen? I don't remember. Anyway. And then Star Citizen Live will be members of the mission feature team discussing their work on Alpha 318 and beyond. Uh, so exciting stuff there. Next week is even more exciting because I think we're, we're going to see the 319 roadmap updates. Right. Um, unless they change their mind and not, not release that. So we'll see. I was also kind of excited. Um, I don't know. I, I have hopium for even the smallest hint um the store you know they're showing the oppor- opportunity to buy the whole c before it goes live officially yeah and is deployed you know i take those little signs or omens you know as gospel uh so i i was kind of excited to see those little hints drop too um along with all these you know these shows and uh, I mean, the only barrier to the whole sea at this point now is larger cargo containers being uh, physicalized. That's it. Right. Yep. And setting it up so that the, I'm guessing, so that the commodities kiosks recognize the difference in ship size. Yeah, it's funny. When we come to the, uh, for science, I'll talk mm-hmm. about that because I have some info on that. First Excellent. Hand. Excellent. Well, um, today I completely didn't realize we were going to get this because we got the double monthly report a couple weeks ago from December and November, uh, but we got a monthly report for January today, um, and I was able to glean qu- uh, quite a few things from it. Uh, here are some of the highlights I thought were interesting. Certainly, there are tons more, so look at it if you uh, are looking. Sorry, I keep... Uh, Kind of hiccuping, sort of. Not really. Like, I don't know. That's right. I'm drinking Uh, coffee, so. (laughs) Well, Negroni, coffee. I can't drink coffee this late. I don't know how you do it. It's like my second pot today. Um, So, on the monthly report, uh, the ship art team uh, mentioned how they were working on a quote-unquote small ship and a potential variant. Sounds unannounced. They said that the Argo SRV is moving through final art now, including an LOD pass. So that's exciting. There's some other things that come down, come uh, happen later on that make me think that the SRV is coming sooner rather than later. Um, the Sprint, the, not the Sprint, the Spirit passed its white box with the A1 going into gray box. 
uh, an unannounced ground vehicle passed its gray box phase and the exterior is almost finalized. And they mentioned three other vehicles in production without telling us really anything else about them. So lots of ships in production. The uh, gameplay feature team, uh, the team began work on detaching and attaching items with the tractor beam, which is an expansion of the attaching to cargo grid feature. This sounds like to me and, and, you know, maybe I'm reading into it, but it sounds like items such as like, maybe they mean, you know, ship weapons. Maybe they That's mean a good point. components. Dead bodies. Um, maybe. Or items would, on dead bodies. Don't how, know. Many, how many dead bodies could you strap to a hull A? What is this, uh, Serenity? <laughs> <laughs> if they had a red paint job for it, yes, it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow, that's, I keep getting calls from the MS Foundation, but they don't leave a voicemail. So I'm like, hmm, fake number, perhaps. Anyway, uh, a clearer direction for the expected ship engineer gameplay was also defined. This determined the gameplay beats and planning uh, the possible malfunctions and dangers players will, f- will face while maintaining their ships. They're working on designs for loading and unloading physicalized cargo as well as missions that can benefit from soft death and boarding actions to retrieve containers or other objects of interest. They're looking into changes to ship insurance to incentivize towing and repairing a ship versus destruction. Interesting. So that's what made me go, Hmm, I wonder if that SRV is almost here. So I was, uh, kind of in relation to that. I was, looking at renaming my my reclaimer so and i had named it previously shackle um but with the 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 old org name you know the reed recovery ship Shh. yeah the reed <laughs> reed salvage ship rss shackle and the shackles like one of the famous american you know salvage ships um mm-hmm. and i found that um the actual uh, salvage is only part of the actual mission. It's actually called recover, retrieve, and salvage is actually the business. So mm-hmm. an SRV will be fantastic for retrieving hulks and bringing them back for repair. Yeah. So kind of gave me a, another link. If you're an SRV owner and you want to get into salvage, you can also claim that as part of retrieval. Yeah, and also, I mean, the other thing is you could take something that's in a dangerous place, move it, and tractor it to safer monitored space. Yeah. And speaking of salvage, so the mission feature team talked about salvage missions missions that they're working on, and some of the early types that they're talking about are a lawful contract in which players must pay for the location of salvage an unlawful timed mission in which players must strip a ship quickly or deal with inbound hostiles and a lawless mission. And I think lawless just means that like, at least from this context, because it said unlawful and lawful, I think lawless (laughs) means it's a gray area. Like anyone can do it. Gotcha. 
but lawless missions in which multiple players pay for the location of the same large salvage opportunity and on which players must restore oh and one in which players must restore a ship using nearby wrecks for materials oh that would be fun as heck so it's sort of almost like a repair mission to be quite honest um yeah then there was i'm guessing that last one might not even require a salvage ship so much as the uh, salvage uh, utility, um, you know, for your, uh, your tool. Yeah. yeah. And then a mining mission was also prototyped in which players purchase the location of a valuable mining prospect. There are currently three variants lawful, which takes place in monitor in a monitored zone and has friendly defenses to protect against hostiles unlawful or players seize legally owned mining claims and lawless which takes place in unmonitored zones and can be accepted by multiple players additionally they're designing larger mission sets for the orison platforms uh, these task players with either preventing the Ninetales gang from stealing crusader prototype parts or stealing them for a different criminal organization uh, and then last on the mission feature team they they talked about progressing on some bounty hunting v2 missions and its mission manager updates those sound Uh, pretty good yeah right i mean the fact that we're finally getting some of these other profession missions you know it started with racing now and now we're going to see salvage and mining at least sometime soon soon ish right sometime i would imagine sometime this year maybe as early as 319 doesn't sound like there's a lot to go into it, but I don't know. Um, Certainly would expand the, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, what do you call it? The, um, like how much you're engrossed in the missions and the yeah feeling of being in a real environment, right? Um, uh-huh. Right now, it's not that they're not fun, but they're, they're rather, rather simple. Um, yeah. I like these are a little more complex, a little more varied. And I would imagine like the reward for a salvage mission will probably be slightly higher than what you would get for actually just finding something on your own. Right. Right. At least to a degree, I would imagine, but I guess, you know, time will tell, but it's good because then, you know, with the missions also comes, uh, reputation with organizations and maybe you get better salvage rates if you have a high rep with the salvage group and you know certainly i could see them eventually you know we have um salvage and reclamation over at um uh, loreville i could see them having places for those types of things where you're not selling to the commodities um trading terminal anymore but you're selling to specific factions because they give you a preferred rate I like um, then there's the EU locations team. Uh, they talked about work being done on Ruin Station and how big of a, you know, um, uh, how big it is, essentially. Um, they talked about adding in local law enforcement offices. I'm guessing that's for the bounty hunting V2 stuff. Uh, more work is being done to the colonial outposts as well as the underground facilities work uh, and starting to develop that stuff. And they also mentioned working on some simple story-based missions 
that could be set, scattered across the various landing zones, which to me sounds like ground-based missions that you can do in order to make some money. Maybe it's for, maybe it's intended for some newer player experience stuff where they get to sort of do some easy location-based missions first um, in order to get some rep, and then maybe they'll build on upon that with their, um, you know, ships and stuff. So those were the highlights I um, pulled out of the monthly report. Anything, any other comments on that, Seaguard? I know you didn't get a chance to read it yet, but anything uh, jump out to you that excites you? Uh, pretty much all of it, because it's like a le- it, a lot of what they're describing is really that next level of detail or immersion, right? Yeah. It's getting beyond the basics. It's not mm-hmm. a huge step beyond the basics, but it is pretty significant types of missions now, which I think are fun. Yeah. It'll be really, I'm really excited to see the, hopefully they actually follow up next week with the actual 319 stuff, because I really want to know what we're looking forward to and when we should sort of expect it. Right. Especially, it'll be good to see if they can come out with some stuff that'll just improve our experience while we're waiting for pyro and server meshing and all that. So this this week we did get ample submissions across all of our categories. So that's exciting. Um, First and foremost, tips and tricks. We got a couple of uh, responses. First one comes from Van Gern, which I believe Van Gern, this is your first submission. If not, I apologize. My memory. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was for science. (laughs) First is from Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim. Uh, He said. On the PTU while sav- salvaging, uh, when you come back to the pilot seat after moving boxes, sometimes the salvage beams are no longer aligned. I've, I've experienced this myself. Uh, go out of gimbaled mode and salvage mode a few times until the laser heads re-zero themselves. Yes, I discovered that as well, Mr. Tim. It's a little confusing at first for sure, uh, but great tip. Uh, Noble, who I also believe is a new submitter once again i apologize noble if if you had submitted before and i'm not remembering um but noble said one habit i got into when ship inventory was added i would add provisions such as foodstuffs i would add equipment like multi-tools and all the needed medical supplies to the ship in addition a backup gun and ammo i'd rather not have it i'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it Great point, Noble, and I, I feel even better about this with persistence with PES. Absolutely. Um, so good timing for that because I feel like that's what I'm gonna. One of the first things I do, uh, I say that, but I was also trying to do the zero to hero stuff. I have a funny feeling I'm not going to do that though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe unless I get another account, maybe I'll get another account. Um, and. Uh, Seagard, do you have any tips or tricks for our listeners? Um, let's see. I come up with any tips and tricks. Not so much tips and tricks, more about science, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then you know what that means. Time for science. Oh, I like it. That's a better segue than the two-wheeled vehicle that keeps you upright the entire time. (laughs) 
<laughs> so before we dive into year for Science Seaguard, we've got two submissions for that. As I already jumped the gun, Van Gern said, I managed to fit 16 SCU in the Vulture without the cargo glitching out and destroying the ship. And then Mr. Tim added, you can fit about nine extra boxes on the aisle, um, but watch watch the HUD to make sure a box doesn't clip out from the back door. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, you can fit more. You can fit more than the cargo area. I am, as most people will know when they play with me, I am Mr. Do What The Game Says. Right. right. So I don't try to squeeze. I don't try to squeeze extra things into my. I don't try to fly ships into my Carrick's vehicle garage. I put vehicles in there. I don't try to fit something too big in the hangar. I just they work the way that they're supposed. You could tell I'm an Apple user because they just work, and I just use them the way they're intended. That's right. Um, (laughs) That's right. You and I both. I don't need to to the hangar. I mean, I don't necessarily walk, although I do try to. I just wish they would yeah. get like a speed that matches my in-life speed because yeah. I walk faster than the character does at a walking pace. Right, right. And I'm a chunker, so like, you know, I I, I move fast for a thick one. Um, <laughs> for, a, as I would say, a thicky menage. <laughs> I can only imagine if I got to be a thinsy low hand. Oh, yeah. How quick sure. I can move. Uh, so what about your for science, Seagard? All right, so let's see. And, and I didn't do any of these alone. So, I mean, there was Haymar, I know, was on most of these with me, and Mr. Tim was on a bunch. And Mr. And, Tim! Uh, and uh, Skyguard, who's now, he's he did take that promotion and moved to Vegas for his company, which oh. is good. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, he's moving. I moved in there this week. Um, so a, a bunch of people, Badger included. Uh, so uh, first one is that, you know, you know, my love for the Aurora. So the Aurora actually can carry cargo boxes on the bottom now. Yeah. Truly a thing of glory. Um, it looks great with the three, you know, the Aurora LN, the ES, and the LX, and the MR all carry three SEUs on the bottom. Uh, nice. The CL carries six. So. Uh, significantly, uh, you know, it's double the cargo ship is basically very similar in performance to everything in the Aurora class. Um, so I, I, it's just, it looks great. It's fun to have that ship, another step, you know, step closer, um, to being finished, especially since so many people have them in the game. It's still the number one ship, I think, purchase ship in the game. Um, I haven't check the Mustang yet. So I'm really hoping you can pull the boxes in and off on and off like you can the Aurora. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was very cool. Uh, the second thing was we played with the uh, multi-tools. We were out salvaging and we were playing with the multi-tools and I decided to pull out the torch, the cutting torch for the multi-tool. And I was actually able to damage the Aurora. Now it's mm-hmm. not saying a lot for the Aurora, but uh, as I played the beam over it, I slowly... Uh, you know, destroyed the skin as a laser would in combat. Um, so you can actually cut damage into your ship with that um, and disable components of, you know, you're trying to mess with someone else's ship. You could technically do that. So I thought that was pretty fun. Um, let's see. What else did we see? Um, 
you know, we did a lot of practicing or fiddling with tractor beaming cargo off of one spot onto another ship. The uh, hull A was fantastic for that. Um, it, it, literally, it's a it's a a wall that you put behind your your uh, Vulcan, yeah, Vulcan mm-hmm. Vulture, the Vulture, I'm yeah, sorry, Drake Vulture, and you just literally fire the boxes out with your tractor beam, and they just snap onto the side of the ship. It's and then when you're done with one side, you just roll it over to the next side. It's super, super simple. Um, uh, we did the Reliant that way. It worked very, very well. We were able to do it from, a, you know, really almost the full distance of the tractor beam. And I, I know people have seen this all over the web, so it's not super news. But to be able to just send your cargo out there, actually pull it in. Mm-hmm. And then extend it back out to the ship you're going to store it into and have it snap to the grid stack on top of each other. Just a fantastic feeling. Uh, let's see. The third one uh, was is in regard to the raft. And remember, I talked about those containers. So mm-hmm. I was really hoping we'd be able to lower the containers on the raft. Uh, doesn't work that way yet. But what I did find out that is when you go to buy stuff for the raft, cargo for the raft, it actually makes you choose which pod it's going to go into. So you mm-hmm. actually have three separate container areas on your ship. You know, it's basically pod one, pod two, pod three, and they each have 32 cargo SCU in each. So you could have one box of titanium, one box of laronite, one box of XYZ. Um, that's why I was kind of excited when you were talking about the larger containers. Those those yeah. are in effect the larger container. Um, yeah, and I think that adds up to what thirty two. So it would be. Um, it's a little bit. But I was thinking it would be eight of the. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work. I was thinking of how that might work out with smaller containers inside the bigger containers. You know, how many loads of an Aurora or a yeah. Mustang would it take to fill one of those containers? <clears throat> I have no idea. <laughs> but I found it was really good. You know, all the cargo worked fantastic in 318. Um, ship handling was is very, very good. Um, I really feel like they fly better now. The graphics. Yeah. Um, Hamar was especially checking graphics. I mean, the, the frame rates for him were were very high on 318 right now. Um, and he's now using a 4K monitor. Uh, but even with, even mine, I have the 3070, which is, you know, it's a good card. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's yeah. a very good card. It's um, consistently sitting up there at very, very smooth rates on the high settings. Everything's set to um, extremely high or uh, the highest setting you know, might be high in some cases. So it plays fantastic. And, and I do not have a new CPU. I have an older CPU. So it's probably three years old now. So. No. Excellent. Those, those are kind of my science things. That's great. Um, I do not have anything for science as I didn't test anything for science as I'm a bad Apparently, running a science exploration org and not doing anything for science is not a good idea. Right. But when I have more scientific things, we will talk more. Yeah. 
Um, that brings us to our other favorite theme song. keep realizing i'm breathing really heavy because i feel really congested right now i'm like uh, why am i i'm like ah. i'm like trying to stifle it i'm like my microphone's good enough to pick up my heavy ass breathing um <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so since we haven't recorded anything for about tw- 20 days now or <laughs> close to it um your last question was do you want established quantum travel space lanes for travel or just point to point quantum travel? What advantages do you think would be appropriate for using established space lanes? Uh, Stenson said no established lanes, quantum travel whenever I want, wherever I want, no exceptions. Mr. Mystery said, uh, can QT lanes have extra security and special like warp rings that make it go faster? In which case, sure. But also let us QT slower whenever. I think that's a great idea, Mr. Mystery, by the way, like having a way to go faster yeah. through established lanes. Right. Um, that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking is that, you know, these are, that they're not exactly analogous to main, you know, four lane highways, but, um, there should be some advantage to using them other than just a security aspect. Yeah. I'll, I'll weigh in a little bit later, my own thoughts, but, uh, are you losing my mind? Said PTP, AKA point to point. Uh, Drawis said a hundred percent freedom. Keep them guessing. Um, Skyguard said, no, I don't think officially established lanes are a good idea. However, people will probably end up generating them organically. I would, it would be a good idea to have more security around those as a high risk, high reward for pirates, something like the current security satellites, but daisy chain together, call them, call them and communications relay satellites, uh, call them and communications relay satellites. Uh, I'm guessing he's talking about those and relays. Uh, think telephone poles running next to a highway in the desert. Okay. Great idea, Skyguard. Sir Scruffy, which is what I sort of look like right now, because um, my beard is crazy. Um, he said, agree with Skyguard. Have it free QT, and if flames form naturally, I think it would be more interesting to see that form. Have um, a quest setting up comm satellites. Oh, that's a good idea, too. J.D. Boone, who sounds like either a law firm or a Texas sheriff or a whiskey brand, uh, said established lanes would be a buffet line for pirates, don't you think? Uh, Sarlacc said, with the way it works now, you can easily approach any location from an unexpected angle and avoid any planned intercept. Mach 3 Generic said, oh, I'll have to think about that one. It's a rather gray issue. Uh, King Beyond the Wall said, I'm not seeing any arguments for established lanes. So that's going to be my suggestion. The more frequently you can bring people into the same space, the better, in my opinion. 
Approaching from any angle avoids does avoid player intercepts, but it sounds awfully boring when you take away any chances of something going wrong or piracy not being involved. You take all the risks out of the equation, and in those cases, something does occur from AI. If I only wanted AI intercepts, I wouldn't play a space MMO. I don't want to run into player pirates while carrying cargo. Sounds pretty dumb considering it's a planned MMO space sim. Uh, A new submitter as well, and I've I've seen him also in Parlay House, so welcome. Uh, Jen Leonoid said... Uh, seems like it would lend to convoy and sea lane theory escorts for the convoys, security and numbers, uh, and cleansing operations for the trade lanes, smaller area to sanitize. Would it, would it be possible to have a changing route to add some variability, safe lanes for a minefield? Those are all, all those random things like that. Those were the parens sides. Yeah. So, but those are all, those are all actually great responses because um, if you're living in a territory and there's not a lot of police presence, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for, for wealth and, uh, you know, freedom, but also for risk and mayhem. Right. Um, Yeah. If you're the average guy just trying to haul, you know, regular routine routes between um, let's say star ports in a, in a system, you probably want a fast secure route that you can easily get repair and reputable yeah. uh, towing from, right? Um, you certainly you want to have that. That uh, it's not it's not the in the in the game right now. It's not the true beginning of space travel. It's already established, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and there should be some advantages in, inferred for making money or for retaining wealth as opposed to having it stolen from you. Um, you know, a risk reward type thing. So I, yeah, the Romans did it. You know, uh, the the paved highways made the Roman Empire what it was. Uh, yep. So it's just an interesting question to me. I, I just I thought it definitely. Was, I thought those are all good answers. And then there's some more. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, uh, the wandering marauder said. Granted, space is huge and not at all comparable to the scope of civilian aviation airspace here on Earth. But in the interest of consistency and organization, I can see establishing space lanes and routes uh, for heavily trafficked routes. For example, passenger cargo routes between New Babbage, Lorville, Area 18, and Orison. Yeah, that is a factor Um, of real aviation right now going across the oceans. They have, it's very heavily regulated. It's like a thousand, thousand feet difference in height and I think it's two miles between aircraft. Yeah. So there's a, a staggering and they fly in one direction, like East West, they fly at even altitudes and at mm-hmm. you know, the alt, the opposite, they fly West to East. Let's say, for example, they fly at, you know, odd altitudes. Yeah. Um, so there's little things like that. And, and that is somewhat for safety reasons, right? I wouldn't want to, I would hate to come into Orison or something like that or Lorville and be have someone immediately quantum right back into the back of my ship. I mean that would just be that would not be fun. <clears throat> so Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um Mach 3 generic said, before I type out my thoughts, I could use a bit of clarification. 
what do you consider be different between lanes and point-to-point quantum travel? I assume lanes are a form of point-to-point in essence, or am I losing something in translation? They are. So basically a lane. Mach 3, we didn't see that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. These are set it and forget it for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that, you know, you have an entry point and an exit point, um, and it has a given volume of space. You know, maybe it's 100, you know, 100 kilometers by 100 kilometers, and you know, you can fly within that area. Uh, it could be a hundred thousand kilometers. Uh, it just gives the ability for rescue and uh, police and the Navy to help you and secure you better along the way. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it also, you know, I have some concern about it being very predictable. Also, if it's just point to point, you will always pop out within the same space every time within a limited amount of space you know, distance. Um, and we've jumped ships that were side by side by feet and they come out within feet of each other. It's yeah. very predictable right now. Um, I would feel better about point to point if the navigation systems were a little more random. Like if yeah. my nav system sucked and I always, I couldn't get any closer than a hundred thousand kilometers, it would suck, but I would certainly want a really fast yeah. ship from that point on. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it would be very hard for pirates to predict where I'm going to come out because I can't even predict where I'm going to come out. Uh, yeah. Point to point is very predictable. And I think it yeah. creates choke points and death traps. So, yeah, definitely. Um, Skyguard also mentioned in theory, my favorite my favorite phrase that I don't mm-hmm. use as much as I used to. Um, lore wise, the Aaron Halo gates are already trade lanes. Um, yes, they will be. Yep. So is the Panama Canal. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's what the, there's space Panama Canal. I think that was the idea probably. Yeah. Um, Silver Volk said, I like the idea of space lanes. There will have to be some infrastructure at both ends, strong security, regular patrols. It creates choke points with plenty of activity and player interactions. Right. However, for that very reason, I'd probably avoid them in favor of the quiet Sorry, I keep hiccuping here. The quiet back roads where your chance, not hiccuping, I think it's like sort of like my dinner's repeating on me. Sorry for the extra yes. detail, folks. Uh, in favor of the quiet back roads where your chance of being interdicted by pirates is much smaller, I don't believe it would serve much purpose in Stanton. In places like Pyro, it might be sensible to have a patrolled space lane between jump points for haul- haulers who just wish to cross the system. Right. Right. Well, if you're uh, if you're a security guy, am I? Did I cut off the question? I'm sorry. Oh no. I was going to say, you know, if you're a pirate and you want to make money, you can certainly go do highwaymen type stuff and hold up people in the neighborhood with a pistol and give me your belongings. Right? You'll make ten dollars every time you stop someone, and it's yeah. pretty predictable. Um, if you're really in the country, you may not see anybody for a day or two days. Uh, so that doesn't really yeah. work well. Um, real good professional thieves and pirates would actually work closer to safe areas, but they would yeah. have very good plans and procedures to secure their success. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you do want to snare someone with a mantis or something and then have an SRV available to tow them away rapidly. Don't strip yeah. them there. Take them to a place where your friends are and they can strip it in, in peace. Uh, 
So I think it kind of works um, kind of as a, a balancing point between, uh, I, w- I don't want to say care bearers, but everyday citizens who just want to go about yeah. making a living and those who want to be living a little bit more risky and take a little bit more reward. Yeah, definitely. Um, S. Gateman also said, my thought exactly, have a couple designated shipping lanes that will get you from A to B faster, which may have pros and cons, but I still want to be able to quantum travel from one place to another at will. Uh, Well, it's funny. They may travel faster, but they may be out of the way to get there. Yeah. That that is, you know, um, there could be natural phenomenon that require you to take a long way around with Mm -hmm. a big ship. Um, due to you know electromagnetic interference or something with the ship's drive, yeah. instead of going direct, high damage risk, you go around. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my thought process is we already have organic shipping lanes now. They're not official; they just happen to be routes that people take based on commodities. In the future those will change dynamically because of commodity value and things like that. Um, However, I could see the idea of specific space lanes for certain things. I think long, long distance travel uh, and the like, I think the main thing to think about is no matter what you look at systems, technically Stanton, while it's a UEE system and it's certainly not lawless, it is not a high security system. Correct. It's a moderate security system. Uh, the biggest reason being is the UEE lore wise is spread thin and doesn't have a lot of ability to patrol Stanton. And so they, they patrol it somewhat minimally. Mm-hmm. Um, however, part of the, the sort of cost of buying the planets was the different organizations. The super, the super corpse had to spend money on securing the system right so you see microtech securities around microtech and its moons our corp they don't even have their own security they pay blackjack security so it's you know its own independent security company that microtech pays then you've got herson security which is a little bit you know they they kind of make me like they seem like the nervous like the cops you don't want to be around type of cops versus say like microtech and some of the others and then you got crusader security so You'll notice even even now, the prevalence of encountering security tends to happen the most when you're near planets. It's in between planets where you're probably most at risk, especially when you're going towards Crusader, when right. Grim Hex becomes the hub of piracy in the system. Um, if you know, right? If, if, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I was going to say right now it's not like exactly that. It sort of is, but it's because we have no other options. Um. You know, I'm curious to see what will happen with piracy when pirates have another system to be in. Right. And like, you know, we don't have a variation in the quantum jump technology here. Everyone, we can go slower or faster, but you can't go less accurate and you can't go more accurate. Like, you know, a really skilled cargo uh, transporter might buy the top of the line nav system, which allows him to literally... Uh, you know, depart from the gate at the station right into QT and end 20 feet off the end of the dock he's going to use at the other end, um, yeah. given enough money. On the other hand, 
there's also the strategy that says, I don't want anyone to know where I'm going. I'm going to start way out and use stealth to get in. Um, Be unpredictable. Uh, Avoid the law. Uh, So I I think it's open to all sorts. Um, There's a lot of possibility there. It'll be interesting to see. I think we'll naturally have routes that establish just based on player behavior. Right. The question is, will we see will we see a graphical representation in game of where most ships are moving between? Will mm-hmm. we will we have that granularity? And that I don't know if we'll see essentially an in game representation of quanta quantum. Right. So a lot of it, you know, like in Eve, we'll say the other mm-hmm. the other game out there. If you've played Eve, you would know this. Uh, not just you. I mean, people in general. One. Yeah. Yeah. If you have never played it, it's uh, it's an interesting thing to go look at because the population, really, the community built up the reports and tools and applications to determine where ships were being destroyed when they were destroyed, how much was captured or taken or lost in that incident, what killed them. And you would Mm -hmm. literally use these tools to avoid going to places where you would be killed. Um, On the other hand, the pirates knew this and they would move from those locations because they would just start slowing down and they would move to another location. So you're constantly in this, you know, this uh, chasing of knowledge about what's, happening on the other end that you're trying to get to. Um, the only downside to that was that they could literally just camp a gate and you would be, you always dropped out of the gate and you either had to, in 30 seconds, make a decision to jump back or to try to fight your way through it. If you can fight your way, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah. if, you can, if you can't quantum away and you can't fight your way out because there's literally four, uh, you know, Idris is sitting there and you're in an Aurora, it becomes a sucky game pretty fast. And that's what most Mm -hmm. people find when they play that game. Um, So I think that uh, it's definitely a balancing of between fun for the, for the community as a whole, including pirates and players uh, with risk and reward. Um, I I think it's, it's a real key decision they have to handle on, on, decide on how they're going to handle that. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, what's your question for this week, Seeker? So I've already posted it. So this this one is uh, pretty straightforward, but it's, uh, basically considering the star map. So the, you know, the map that they've, at the uh, site you can on the use. website, yeah, the website uh, which has all the systems in it. Uh, in what system would you like to start in, and why? And we have our first answer already. Honored heretic, thank you, sir. Live, you, I won't Honor. read it right now. I won't read oh, it. Of course, now. yeah. We need something to cover next week. That's right. Uh, so that first, that brings us to our Q and A. And we Seaguard got our first anchor message in forever. So how about we listen to Jay Cook's message? Hi, guys. Great job on the podcast. Appreciate everything you're doing. Hey, I'm brand new to Star Citizen. I just bought a gaming PC that can run it. And uh, I got the Thrustmaster Warthog Hotas. Dope. 
My problem is, is I don't have a great idea of how to set up the controllers, uh, button commands, throttle movement, <laughs> all that. Uh, number two is I'm having trouble with understanding how to make the VTOL and the movement backwards on the ship work. You know, once all those assignments are made, kind of haven't been able to wrap my head around that yet. And then number three is how to install and then use these controllers after it's all done. So again, thanks a lot. That's pretty cool. I am not a uh, I am not a joystick person myself, so I don't know how to answer. I was hoping yeah, I, you'd have check off, but I think you know some answers. Yes. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, and so just, welcome just, to the verse, Jay. By the way. Yeah, absolutely. So, so first of all, you know the parlay house we set up uh, since you're you're new, but you at least been listening to the podcast. We did set up the parlay house, so anybody can just come in and play. Um, just look up parlay house, and you will find us on these. Um, on uh, discord and there's uh, there's almost always somebody on there who can help you with some of this stuff right off the bat and first hey, person my and, badger yeah all yourself. of us right and we all all have different types of controls so that's the first part um and it just there's a lot to learn in the game like how to mine how to do this and we all have different ships so we can show you different aspects um and it, it's literally play play individually or play as a group and just chat on Discord and ask questions. We love it. It's a great way to meet people. Um, so the second part is is that from a philosophical perspective, well, you got a great joystick and Hotas. It, it, it's a great one. Um, I personally uh, wrestle with this all the time. Um, I'm not one of the heavy duty fighter guys, but I am. I like to fly the ship well, uh, but. Philosophically, I use my joystick, right hand, for anything that is attack or directional in nature. In other words, roll, strafe, pitch, yaw, squeeze a missile off, fire the guns, anything like that. I use my left hand, the throttle, for anything that's related to defense, flares or chaff, stealth, any of those components. On my left hand, and I use the left hand also for power. So I adjust my speed, my thrust, my acceleration, um, my landing gear, um, auto land, landing request. Everything else is on the left hand side. For me, it's just mentally it's easier to do it that way. Um, so that's from a philosophical perspective. That's one way to think about it. Um, I've tried using other people's profile. It's a great way to do it. People have profiles all over. Um, I'm sure we have several people that can share them with you or at least help you find them, uh, especially for that stick because it's a, it's a very good solid stick and a lot of people use it. Um, and there's also some built into the uh, game. I don't know what they're put in for that system though, or that HOTAS. Um, so, right, Chuck, what's me an email. interesting is. Or oh, come down and join us on the pod, or not the podcast. You could come to the podcast, or just come to the Parlay House, and uh, we'll gladly help you. I I personally don't know how I would do with a a throttle setup because do you make the throttle the speed limiter? 
No. So that's the you make it forward. Thing. You make it forward. Um, you would make it forward stra- strafing, right? Well, so there's, and then the stick is the nose. This is where it gets a little confusing, and I've mentioned this a couple times. I think there's a couple ways you could set it up, mm-hmm. um, but I use the acceleration limiter and the thrust, which is different than the throttle. Yeah. To refine the amount of con- the amount of power I have in the throttle. So if yeah. I want to move. If I want to move full blast, I put my acceleration all the way to the top and I keep my thrust all the way to the top and then I jam mm-hmm. my throttle forward. If I'm trying to land, I will bring everything back to the bare minimum of acceleration. My top speed will be 20 miles an hour with the stick jammed forward, the throttle jammed forward. Yeah. That way I can't bump it by accident and go 150 into the hangar. Yeah. The max I can go is 20. Um, yeah. And I also, what do you, what do you use a hat hat to use the, so I I use a, for true strafing, I have a joy, like a mini joystick, but I've used a hat. It works perfectly left, right, forward, and back. I just use this little mini joystick. And when I move my throttle forward, it is basically, um, it's, it's, it's strafe forward. Uh, I think they actually bind thrust. What do you bind to to move the limiter then? I use. Is there like a dial or something? I use dials. Okay. Yeah. So and I do have two little like hats. I can I can push it forward, mm-hmm. one for each, or pull it back. So I use that too. But uh, I prefer the dial. So I bring myself in, get close to the station, ratchet back my acceleration so I can go 20, 30 miles an hour. Keep the throttle yeah. going. Put down my landing gear. I enter the hangar at you know 15 miles an hour, whatever it is, and then slowly reduce the thrust. And I not the not the throttle. I reduce the thrust coming out of the the vertical the limiter thrusters, and uh-huh. it lowers me to the deck nice and slow. Yeah. Oh, that's even the so that would be the right alt and scroll wheel wheel. Correct. 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 Yeah. yeah. And other people do it differently, and that's what. Uh, I realized that, you know, I was looking at this for months going, I've been doing this since what, 2013. And I went, Oh, this is the only way you can do it. And then I looked and I went, no, yeah. <laughs> there's three or four ways you could do this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I don't and know I which is the like, correct way. I don't, I don't uh, know. I don't know either. And I sit there and I look at the ships that I tend to fly and I tend to fly dual stick ships. Like right. a Carrick has dual sticks. And even then I go, huh, interesting. Like the left stick ends up being the forward and backward, um, not thrust, but uh, strafing or and or, you know, right. movement. And then the twist is up or down, depending on which direction. Right. And then What's- your right stick is the nose. And yeah. And so one, like one of the weird things I can do is with my throttle all the way back, the, the, mm-hmm. the T-shaped throttle all the way back, I can still strafe backwards and strafe forward. So once I get over the pad, I just pull the throttle all the way back and just strafe forward and backwards until I get it aligned the way I want it and then set it down. Right. So I know that some people just fly it in and pull back the throttle and stop. 
and then they use the control key to thrust themselves down to the ground. I don't use the down thrust or the strafe down. You just you just reduce, reduce the thrust. amount of thrust from your you know Vertical. your VTOL and or your your Correct. maneuvering. Correct. And if Engine. I find myself coming in too fast, too like falling too fast, I just goose it for a second yeah. and it slows me down. Yeah. I, and like it's kind super of, complex yeah. to describe because it's it's much easier to show it. But uh, I, I know what you mean. Do it other ways though, right? It's the same as some people just turn off their engines altogether and glide down, right? Or not not <laughs> off, but they just turn the thrust off entirely, right? So now, some people for a while, I was actually flying with the the acceleration all the way to the top. So the little square box goes all the way to the top of the uh-huh. of the speed. And I kept it on cruise. And anytime I moved my throttle, the ship would move forward at that speed. If I yeah. wanted to accelerate slower, I actually reduced the thrust. Yeah. <laughs> so less power is coming out of the engines. Oh, interesting. Right. When now you fly you fly coupled with you fly coupled with yours. Correct. For the most I prefer part. coupled, yeah. Whereas um, dual stick people tend to fly decoupled. Correct. Now, what I don't understand, and this is the part I'm kind of meant, it's it's not like a, a fixation, but I definitely think about this like when I'm in the shower or something. Um, it's, I'm regulating what's coming out of the engine nozzles and the steering nozzles, the yeah. navigation s- thrusters. I'm not doing anything to alter the power coming out of the power supply. Yeah. Right? So, I can by aligning, prioritizing engine over shields over weapons. I can also hit stealth, which which reduces everything. Why am I not accelerating slower? Why am I because not? Because I think, I think at least right now, the way the power triangle works is for thrusters, that's replenishing your boost, the speed at which your boost replenishes. That's the oh, only thing it controls. Good point. Interesting. They may change that down the road, or, or give it make. I, I have a feeling they'll make it more granular. Yeah. Than just and a if power anybody, triangle. If anybody knows this, it would be great to have you on the. I mean, there's. I, I'm pretty knowledgeable in it, but I do think there's other ways. And if anyone could describe maybe another way someone could use their system, um, you know, the controls in a game, I I think it would be good for people to look at other options. It leads yeah. to different types of flying styles. Yeah. Maybe next time there's a um, uh, a uh, sort of content down downturn, we can have thruster talk, or you know, I mean, uh, right? right. Uh, what you call it? Stick talk with some folks. Yep. yep. Yeah. So um, the, the so- three variables I always think of are the last thing on honest acceleration. No Thrust and throttle are different things in the game. Yeah. So that's I'm I can't even fathom it because I don't use that granularity the same way. I just use the the speed limiter and my forward movement. Um, and I usually put mine in you know uh, what we call it cruise control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Until I'm landing. Right. Right. The worst is when you're landing and then you accidentally hit cruise control and then you start flying in a direction, though. Um, that is what prompted me to kind of get to this level. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, so Illusions 2 asked, let's say you start from scratch with no ships and only $1,000 store credit. Everything in the store is on sale, prices are current, and you are a subscriber, so you don't need a game package. What would you get? What would you get, Seaguard, for $1,000 if you had to choose? $1,000. By the way, Canuck was completely sticker shocked by that. He almost spit uh, out his coffee, he said, via, via the chat. He said, don't read that, So, but I still sort of did. Um, you know, I really like that, um, what was it, the Rogue Pack? Well, there's certainly the smaller business pack. Um, mm-hmm. the, indu- the one that comes no, with the, the industrialist. The smaller of the two. It comes with the oh, whole okay. B. The whole B comes with the Nurse Rover. Um comes with a couple other things. Um definitely love that pack. I think it's I think it's I think it's just a short of a thousand dollars. the other one, it's I think it's a too much though, would have been the Explorer pack. Oh yeah, that's so thirteen hundred, I think. Yeah. I, I, there is a smaller one though, right? There's a smaller one. Yeah, there's the Mega Pack, and then there's the Exploration Pack. Correct. Um, and one of them's Concierge, and one isn't. Gotcha. So those would be two packs I would definitely look at. Um, Which, by the way, if you had $1,000, you would be Concierge, because that's the that's the number. So you don't have to worry about uh, that. And, and part of that money, um, I don't know, this may be a little controversial, but I may actually put that into a subscriber package um, because the subscribers give you a lot of things which are, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty confident they've they've asked this multiple times in QA that the items that you buy are LTI from the subscriber. So if you get a rifle, um, like I have so many freaking uniforms and so many rifles and so many helmets and so many decorations that I have loads of things to do just from the subscriber packages. Um, yeah. And it also lets you test fly certain things. It lets you get into the test environments earlier. So there's some perks to that. I, you know, whether yeah. you go beyond one year, I don't know if there's value in that because it soon adds up to the cost of a ship. <clears throat> but for a year, it's certainly yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. So that would be my... Um, for me, I would do, of course, and it. <laughs> I mean, it's the first game I. It's the first ship I bought. Yeah. Right. Um, I would do it even now because it's still a great now, ship. Yeah, and it comes with a smaller ship and a rover. So for exactly. six hundred, I think it's six hundred now. Is the pack? Is the character? It is. It is. I still can't get over. I got it for three fifty. Yeah. <laughs> And that was a hundred dollars more than it first started with. That's right. So well, that's because that. we started, in, you know, pre-puberty, and I'm sixty years old now. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think I would do Carrick. So that's six hundred dollars. And then, what's the Vulture worth? A hundred and something, right? It's like a hundred and fifty, I think. Right. I'm, I'm looking right now. I think it's hundred fifty. I'm just going to go by what it's worth trade-in value, just for expediency sake even though that's not accurate per se um but let me see so the vulture yeah 140 bucks so i would do that so that's 740 
I would do, so the Carrick 6, that's, that'd be 740. I would probably do a Nomad. So that's 820. So now what do I have? I have 80 plus another, I have 180. So that's nothing I currently own. I'd probably then do like a, uh, um, whatchamacallit, a uh, prospector for 155. Yeah, those are and all throw solid. The rest in, throw the rest in paints. Yeah. No, that would, but, you know, they could do a revised industrialist. That would be good. You get a prospector, uh, uh, the salvage um, vulture, vulture. Um, hull B. Yeah. No. See, I don't, I don't care that about. That would be a the, good pack. That would be a great because I cargo haul with my Carrick right now. Even though cargo right. hauling is not my main, I'll end up getting something in game right. for that if I want to do it. But doesn't yeah, it I think contain that one. Vulcan also? Though it carries the Vulcan too, right? Which the, is the uh, supply repair, repair rearm. Yeah, yeah, which is another great ship. I think we haven't seen it yeah. yet, but I think it's going to be. A it great looks cool, ship. and it has yeah. drones. Yeah. Um. Skyguard said, do you think as a way to make ships more distinct, they could change the way they apply thrust? Currently, thrust seems to be applied almost instantly to start changing your vector. But if it took time to reach the rated thrust out uh, of the thruster, really change the way ships fly without needing to monkey around with top speed. It's funny. He's actually typing. I can see him on the... uh... Seagard's question. He's typing an that's answer funny. right now. Um, that's funny. I actually think that's an important distinction. Um, yeah. I always, I always look at these bigger ships with these giant engines, and in reality, heavier lift rockets have lower velocity come out of the nozzles, but they move more mass through that nozzle at the same time. If you, you know pushing out um, one atom at a time in a very high speed, you get some power. But if you're pushing out a million atoms or a billion atoms at a slower speed, you're going to lift more weight. It's the yeah. same way explosives work in artillery. They travel slower, but they lift heavier weights in howitzers than they do in cannons. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that is one of the things they should be doing with ships like the um, Reclaimer. How is that thing going to climb like it does now without any speed? Uh, it can barely lift without a load. How is it going to work when it has to lift the load? It has to be based on the thrust volume. Um, yeah. And if you want to make it go faster, it'll lift, it'll lift less, but it would be faster. You just change the, I feel, the Venturi out. I feel <clears throat> like some ships take a little longer to get to top speed, though. I think they do, but I think that's based on weight, right? Mass. But they still start thrusting immediately. Is that what you're saying? So, like, Correct. they don't work. You don't need to be putting extra effort into getting them up. They go to maximum thrust immediately. Correct. Correct. Or whatever thrust you have them set to. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that makes uh, sense. A, lar a large rocket with, like, the Saturn V empty would mm. climb faster, but it wouldn't mm. climb as fast it wouldn't accelerate as fast as you would think mm. on the other hand it you know it's 
let's say maybe it's 25% faster than when it's fully loaded. Whereas if you take like an airplane, you know, a F-15 or something, and you remove the weight out of the aircraft, it mm. will accelerate like a jackrabbit. But every pound you shove back into that airframe is going to slow it down significantly. It's yeah. very sensitive to the weight. Yeah. Hmm. And I think it's absolutely critical. Uh, the ability to yeah, lift it- off, hover, accelerate, all those things. I have a feeling that will be a change that they make eventually when I think with control, control surfaces are going to make a big difference too. Yep. Once those are in game. So yeah, we will start uh, to see, I think some of that, some of the, you know, one of the bigger advantages of things like the space shuttle people didn't realize is that the shuttle could fly back to the, to the planet, right? That was obvious, but the wings allowed it to fly back with a heavier load. Yeah, it didn't have to raise any thrust to keep its speed up. It could just glide and carry a damaged satellite back to the planet. That's one of the biggest advantages of the wings, and they could land on a field. Um, yeah, it doesn't have big, to ditch as much either, right? A lot's more reusable. Correct. correct. Um, and ships with wings in an atmosphere could technically lift more into space because they get the lift of the wings to a certain altitude. Yeah. So uh, things I, <laughs> I hope that we see something with like the Reliant being a very good lifting platform. Um, it would need wheels to take advantage of that. Getting it, you know, horizontal gives it a great lifting platform to get it up into space or more importantly, bring things back from space versus, yeah. let's say, a um, something like the Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lawn dart. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and then Illusions 2 commented, honestly, it's pretty bad. I didn't even notice that until you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Connect 2099 gave us his classic four questions. Okay, um, good. I like, I like the number four, so I'm down for it. I like even numbers, fives, and zeros. Yes. Uh, well, zero is even, but anyway, uh, what planned game mechanic would you drop if it meant getting the PU out earlier? For me, it would be to put air shields on all ships with interiors and scrap the planned environmental controls. That way ships won't require reworks for airlocks and room atmosphere systems and the piping. What do you think, Sigurd? I would say the, uh, Physicalization of the uh, components. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. I don't care that I can. Well, I can only pick up items and remove a power supply that's big enough for me to lift my hand. I doubt that I could go do it in a in a re- retriever or reclaimer. Yeah, <clears throat> it's too big. In fact, I look at the ship and I go, "How the hell would you remove that?" Um, I think that's where subcomponents come in or really heavy tractors. My right. my fear with the very large components is not so much getting them out of where they are. It's mm-hmm. getting them through doorways. Well, that too. Yeah. Yep. Um, what would I change? I, I feel like that's a really good one, Canuck, because like, as much as I think that gameplay would be interesting and it'd be really fun to see someone just like get blown out of an airlock or something. 
um, if you you know if you just open the airlock too quickly or something. I don't know if there's anything else. Truthfully, to be quite honest, I don't want them to drop anything. By the time we're thinking about dropping that stuff, the game's going to be so close to feeling like a game. Like it's starting to feel like a game now. So like at this point, point if they just keep get it, giving us more content, why bother setting their sights lower? You know, I don't need them to say it's a, you know, gold release for me to feel good. I just need it to feel stable for it to feel good. Right. And keep getting more content. So, you know, as long as that stuff keeps happening, I don't need them to drop anything. But if I, if I absolutely had to choose something, Canuck, I agree with you. You know, you know, one of the things I recommended, well, I asked him one of the questions a while back is, would you give up other systems until all the, and other star systems until the systems are in place, the play systems are in place to play the game well, right? That was, that would be another trade-off for me. Uh, Yeah, I'd be fine with three systems uh, or four, three or four systems like, like a like a Terra type, like an extremely lawful, lawless gray area, and then like lawful gray, you know. So like Nyx, Terra, Stanton, and Pyro. One of each that feels really good, and then maybe the next one after that they add a Vanduul system or a more alien system. I'd rather they do that, but the the teams are different, so it doesn't really matter. And it seems like, at least in my opinion, at this rate, the teams building things like systems and and locations and in-game content are the ones that are moving really fast in comparison to some of the others. Right. I wonder what would be the, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. uh, Maybe he'll ask this next week, but what are the things you wouldn't compromise on? Don't want to answer that here. Right. What are the things you don't want to compromise on? Yeah. I don't want to compromise on anything. Then <laughs> um, he said, the whole C looks like it's coming out this year, 2023, because it is on last chance sale now. Do you think the PU economy or missions will be adjusted for the ship? Or will it be a ship with no immediate use other than folks will just love to fly it? What do you think, Seagard? I think the economy is going to be there. I think I think they'll adjust the economy to make it worthwhile. I think it to me, it's... More about um, you, you certainly could buy cargo for yourself, but I think there could be missions that you get paid to complete where you don't pay the cargo cost. You just get paid a labor fee. I I agree with you. I think at the very least, if they're going to introduce it, they'll either be looking at the car, the commodities in a deeper way or they'll have cargo missions. Mm-hmm. Um. And they did say in the, I didn't say this about the monthly report, but today's monthly report did mention looking at the availability of items in certain places and how the economy is working. It didn't talk about quanta or any of that stuff, but they did mention it a little bit. So I would imagine they're probably going to beef that up if they do bring the whole C. Right. I do think they want to have loading and unloading of ships before they bring it up too. Right. I Um, I think the people who are going to, the people who have a whole C that don't have any other ships or only have one or two smaller ships will struggle in the beginning without the missions. Yeah. Um, with me, I, you know, I have 
I can move anything from three boxes all the way up to, you know, seven or 800 boxes. Um, it won't take me long to actually buy and move and sell enough to fill a whole seat. I, I could yeah. say two weeks and it'll be full the first time. And then profit will fill, make it faster after that. Um, yeah. So. What, um, I also think like maybe, maybe they'll hold off on the whole C. I mean, personally, the whole C doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for in-system cargo hauling, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it feels like between system cargo hauling, it's better suited for. Station to station will definitely be, it's Bailiwick and Stanton because it can't land yeah. with cargo. So it's got to die. Yeah. Yeah, but let's face it. The stations are the port. the The smaller cargo missions will be between station and planet, mm-hmm. and the larger cargo missions will be from station to station and system to system. And I, in my opinion, I think it, they'll follow a hub and spoke model. I think Port Alisar will be the cargo station to supply the system, and I think. Um, you know, the others will be, so I think a lot of the movement will be between those areas, but I think it requires more than one system for them to really establish that type of behavior, but who knows? Right. (laughs) I'm really hoping they have something, you know, those stations out there takes us, they take, they need to be sustained in some way. And it's a perfect reason to use a star fare for liquids and gases and a whole sea for solids, right? Parts and food and things like that. Um, I think yeah. it'd be a great reason. And you got a bunch of stations now. Um, yeah. You could fly for a week and not touch all stations. Yeah, so. it's true. Super exciting. Um, we'll see. I, I think, I think we will see the C this year and I think it'll be meaningful to have it in game. I don't think they'll put it in if there's not a reason to. Uh, Thoughts on the incoming racing missions. Do you think leagues and leaderboards will naturally take off or will it be a niche activity with few people doing it after the first weeks after you see guard? I think it's going to take off. I, I think agree. it's going to be fun. And I think it's going to get more involved as they can put real advertisements like, and notices of who won a race and who's the top. You know, you can imagine walking to Area 18 and seeing, you know, DMR Rally won by first place, such and such team, second place. You know, you're not going to the website to look. You're actually seeing it in the game. Or you yeah. can go to a bar, hang out in the bar and watch it. Like, you could zoom yeah. it out the full screen on your computer. I mean, that stuff I mean, is how, just going to take off. How fun is it going to be someday when we can buy tickets to go see the Murray Cup? Yeah. But you might not be able to buy tickets without certain rep with a certain org. Right. Right. Because it's an elite, you know, racing thing. So um, it was a very popular. I mean, we raced, you know, uh, um, Homington, you know, he's, he had, mm-hmm. we didn't even have tracks. I mean, we were racing around, um, yeah. you know, in, in the transports, a little, you know, <laughs> they call it P, the uh, Argo cargoes. Uh-huh. Racing around those things and having a blast, or just racing around the the pads on outposts and doing the little jumps, and it's just fun. Yeah, I I think truthfully, part of the reason they put in racing so much is because of how robust that community is. 
mm-hmm. and how underserved it had been within the game. Right. And I say that because the community is so filled with streamers and content creators. Now, granted, they're just being smart business people from the standpoint of it's going to get them more buzz for such a, they're really robust looking racing maps that are exciting and it gives the game a a polished look when you go through some of them, especially once they start adding more sort of like UI gates and stuff, right? which they're already working on. And, you know, I think it, it provides a lot of opportunity. I think where it will be even more exciting is when it starts to become something that the game uses more and more lore around and provides more and more sort of like, I could see this being something that's not an eSport that we watch outside of the game, but something we watch within the game or even on game monitors oh. when they're doing in game broadcasting. Like, yeah, that's going to happen someday, supposedly. Well, that was if, um, if you go into, uh, what's the iPhone store on, um, Microtech. Microtech. Yeah. They oh, have- the, um, what's it called though? It's called the, um, I was just there the other day looking at it because I was like refreshing my. There are booths. Uh, factory line. Are factory line. There are actually a set of stations there that used to be put out to play the Arena Commander. You would go into oh, your the hangar, sim pods. The sim pod, and you would get in the sim pod in the game, and it would mm-hmm. bring up Arena Commander. And the yep. intent back then was that you would have some of that on your ships for long yeah. distances, and you could network in and compete from your pod yeah. um, it, while you're playing the game or you could play chess or whatever you're going to do. Um, yeah. And star Marine those, too. Star Marine was the other one. They would be competitive yeah. play. If, if you've never done the racing, it is a blast. It's six people. At the, I think at the current time you can race six people at a time. It's fun. And if you think you're a good pilot, Get on, get on there in the competitive groups, and uh, you'll be blown away how good some of these people are. Yeah, um, it's you know it is phenomenal, and you can improve your times so quickly uh, just by practicing. I used to do that all the time. In fact, my first videos were a recording of times going around the figure eight and uh, racetrack, and it was fun. It's it's, yeah. it's really fun. I really my- them redoing that. I I hope they go to more ships and more tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're they're already talking about additional tracks and improvements to yeah. the missions. So I would imagine it's only going to be more and more robust. Like Absolutely. I get excited about like I'm like racing sounds fun, but what about Sadaball? Yeah, Sadaball. <laughs> like, how, That's right. How cool would that be to be able to watch Sadaball in game? Absolutely. And then like you might be able to meet mission givers watching Sadaball, you know, right. or. There might be illegal Sadaball gambling rings that a bounty hunter goes to apprehend somebody. It just seems like so immersive when they, right? You know, obviously, if it's a choice between Sadaball or a fully fledged game, it's the fully fledged game. But you know, I still right. think that's something they'll do. That's a that seems like an additional thing. But yeah, yeah like even you look at Grimhex, it has that racetrack that they'll be building at some point Absolutely. and that bar will be overlooking it. I'm looking forward to other locations that are more featured like that, like, or, or if they build interiors to some of those, like the one on um, the moon, if they built something in those research buildings for you to watch the, the, the game right. and for you to track the game. Right. I, match, you know, I, 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 I could just, 
I can just imagine one day when you're sitting there in in Grim Hex and you know you watch the ships go by and you're following the sound and the uh, the commentator oh they're coming around turn such and oh there's an accident and then on the TVs in the you know the screens in the bar you would have mm-hmm. the instant replay of the accident right <laughs> yep. that would just be a blast yeah because um, it's it would be real people playing even though it's virtual yep. so yeah. Um, I think in the short term, people will have their own leaderboards. In the long term, CIG will, and yeah. they will certainly publish. I would wouldn't doubt if they publish on their site, you know, the top racers right. in any given period of time. Right. It's just when once they start doing it in game, that'll be really fun. Yeah, uh, keeping the you know sort of high score. Uh, and then his final question was: in the last few episodes. You, oh, by the way, speaking of last few episodes, for those who didn't realize, I accidentally published our first episode as our most recent episode. I meant to say this at the beginning. <laughs> the uh, very was, first one? Yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I was testing. I was. It's not a glitch from anything but my brain. I was testing to see if I can get our Discord to automatically post new episodes. And what I should have done was unpublish our last episode and republish it. Um, but instead I republished our first episode, which now looks like our most recent. So, um, whoops. So sorry, everybody. Uh, They were given how frequently we broadcast. It's actually very close to when we first started. It was our last one. Um, funny enough though, because of that, we got like an extra 300 views, 400 views on our first episode or listens on our first episode. Like (laughs) that's funny. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, So I don't know how to handle that. Uh, We might want to talk about that offline. (laughs) We just take Uh, it as a compliment, though. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a hey, we're republishing an OG for your for your listening pleasure. Um, He said in the last few episodes, you mentioned how NPCs are essentially furniture and add nothing to the PU in its current state, except perhaps affecting server performance. You think it'd be interesting an interesting test to see how the game would perform if all NPCs except mission givers were pulled from builds for a patch. Um, what do you think? I I I do I do like them out there. I mean, especially when they're you know, um, I you know, they're doing something that's purposeful. You know, like and by that I'm very being very very loose with that term walking down the hallway yeah. in an aggressive manner is purposeful for an NBC. I, you know, I get it. Um, but yeah. if they look like they're repairing something, I think that's, that's good. Um, I would like to see that level brought to the ships is really what I was trying to discuss or trying to yeah. talk about. Right. Uh, I would like to see in a seven man ship, if I'm the only person in it, someone back there tinkering with the what it looks like the engines doesn't mm-hmm. need to talk to me but it'd be nice to know there's someone on the ship besides me yeah yeah i hope so i i personally feel like it doesn't matter at this point the game's performing pretty well sure yeah. it would probably perform really smooth without npcs right but um and mission npcs spawn in so they're probably lower weight um, sorry, I said mission givers, but he meant mission givers and mission NPCs. Yeah. Um, but at this point, 
you know, we're only going to see improvements going forward. So unless there's a, you know, maybe they could dial back how many we see in a given place. Cause sometimes I'm like, do there really need to be this many NPCs in Microtech's uh, city center? And is uh, this many people are jogging and doing yeah. yoga at the same time? Like, geez, it's like a gym. And um, somebody but, do something for that one guy in Tammany and Sons. Yeah. I'm not even <laughs> He's supposed so to be working angry. today. Uh, <laughs> I he's not just a Tammany and Sons. He's at a few locations. <laughs> yes. Like, can somebody do some more wild lines than just super grumpy NPC dude who That's doesn't right. want to be there? Because uh, it throws me off. It's funny, but, you know. Uh, so those were all the Canucks for wonderful questions. Thank you, Canuck, as yep. always. Uh, give honored us a, heretic. Oh, go ahead. Give us, give us an, NBC, an NPC that's shaking a vending machine. Something like that. That's they're working on that. <laughs> that would be you awesome. They're working oh, on I didn't that. Know that. That exact animation, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Like, yeah, vending machine interactions, I think for Squadron, but we'll make it into the game the where they get what they want, where they don't check. get what they want, where they're frustrated. Yeah. They talked about that like maybe like six month re- monthly reports ago. Too funny. Too funny. Yeah. Um Honored Heretic uh asked or he said, got one for the next episode. Have you used Slipstream services yet? He's always plugging. Uh-huh. Always plugging Slipstream. Um, I think I have, but I'm not 100% sure if you were the rescue crew that saved me during um, the whole Orison mission chain uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, Chekhov is the one who said that that was the service that we had used to rescue me. So I think it was you guys and you were fast and efficient. What about you? Seaguard? Have you used slipstream I, services? I yet? have not. When they come out with a punch card, every time you use them, you get a free pickup on like the eighth one. That's what I'm going to do. No, I do. I, I have not, but uh, they are on the parlay house as a uh, selectable. So we can automatically uh, check That's off right. to set that up. So, uh, and we pitch you guys every showdown. There you go. That's right. Yeah, we do. Um, <clears throat> I said, there we go, as if like I didn't know that. That's right. <laughs> um, Silver Volk asked, what happens to FPS items ascribed to your account, like subscriber flare items, like guns we got for Luminalia, if you lose them in the PU? I woke up at Area 18 yesterday with only my undersuit after logging out in full Mazarov armor and Luminalia. C fifty four SMG sad cry face, and that was in the PTU, right? He said yes, yes. So the PTU, um, they did those patches. They did some updates last two days, so you had to reset your character. Oh, this was in the PU. Sorry, PU. Oh, so yeah. um, in the PU, you basically, if you die with it not on your body, but let's say in your ship. Um, and you lose your ship, you would lose those items until you one of two things happens. You reset your account, your character, um, in which case uh-huh. you get everything back, or they do a reset um, of the server. And, and yeah. I think there's supposed to be, there's a couple QAs on this. Um, I've seen it multiple times. The intent is that if you are a subscriber or you buy it from the store, subscriber, the uh, yeah, uh, you're, it's supposed to be like an LTI. 
you will get it back. You may not get it back yeah. in five minutes. You may get it back in a week. That's still to be determined. But those things you spent real money for, you should get back. Yeah. That what we don't know, Silver Valk, is with the change over in three eighteen to a character repair. It sounds like the repair doesn't restore those items. It it sounds like they're almost sort of trying to do an insurance claim process for those, but I think they're struggling with how to do that. You know, because I don't think they want to make that change lightly, and it being not well thought out. But no matter what, you'll be able to, in the future, get them back. There might be a period of time where you might not be able to, but we'll see. Right. Um, and they might even have other, something that automatically reattributes it to your home home location. Right. Who knows? The other thing I was going to say was that if, you know, if you're new to, newer to the game, the idea of the insurance is probably kind of weird because you buy a ship with six months insurance and you're probably thinking, oh, my God, in six months, this ship's going to go away if I don't, if I lose it. Um, yeah. until it goes to live, the live production version, everything will be basically like LTI. It'll just keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Once they go live, then the insurance, you'll buy the insurance in the game using in-game currency, you know, and, and it's going to be, it's, it's not supposed to be an astronomical amount, you know, it's relative to the ship you're, you know, driving. Think of it about comparable to maybe your car. Right. Um, yeah. And it'll be good for so many months. So it's not yeah. there to break the bank. It's just there to be a little bit of an expense for you. So mm-hmm. technically a guy with LTI or a girl with LTI, um, they get their ship back forever. Um, yeah. But for a small number of in-game credits, you can get your ship back if you only have three months insurance. Yeah. And even the ones who get it back forever, it's not at That's no right. cost. It's still an in-game cost, but it just won't. And anything they... And they've also said anything that you've ever bought for real money, you will always be able to get back. It just determines what the in-game penalty is. Correct. And so, anything that's in the game, no matter if, if it was, there's nothing exclusive in the game. So anything that I paid for real dollars for, you can earn with real credits in the yeah. game. Right. Yeah. So don't think you'll never be able to buy the Idris. You may not be able to financially generate the credits to do that, but you have the ability to buy an Idris or yeah. a whatever. That's where an org bank account would probably come in handy. Correct. Um, CN Fries said, which vehicle would be best for looting armor, guns, and possibly medical equipment? The Ursa Rover or the Cyclone, the one with the truck bed? Well, I know I, they both have storage, right? They both have like vehicle storage. Yeah, the truck bed, the truck bed only carries one SCU. Yeah, one, yeah. one, one. Yeah. The rover carries two. Um, I would say you're probably better off in the Ursa rover. And Agreed. Approximately the same cost. Yeah. Plus, the Ursa rover has its own atmosphere. Right. Um, you know, another one that's a candidate there would be the mule. Yeah. Because the mule can carry two boxes, plus it can carry six small boxes across the top, right? Or eight, four on each side? Uh, two on each side, I think. <clears throat> two on each side? Okay. Of the small yeah. and then two large, right? Yeah. Ursa is, Ursa has weapons. It's somewhat armored, 
it's not quite yeah. as fast as a um as the as the uh cyclone cyclone yeah i would go ursa personally but i like the ursa better anyway the cyclone's cool though it you it know is. what the cyclone just reminds me of something from halo <laughs> right yeah it does um next question uh with the answer from the first question, what ship would best transport it? Best as in easy to drive in. I can take bodies out and store their armor in the ship and has enough storage to last me a bunker or two. Yeah. For me, um, I'm a big fan of the, of the Taurus. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, the Taurus could potentially carry two Tauruses or a Taurus with cargo two, in it. Uh, Ursa? And that two Ursas? Ur- two Ursas, yeah. I think it can carry mm-hmm. two Ursas. Um, and it's got a big ramp that comes down, so you just ride uh-huh. right onto the ramp and raise the ramp. You can also put other things on that ramp. So for me, it's the Taurus. And is the Taurus cargo limited to the ramp, or is there cargo off the ramp, too? There's cargo off the ramp. It carries 170 cargo. It's big. That is a good choice. Yeah. I would say that or a Star Runner is not too bad. Mercury um, Star Runner is a good one. Um, The Max is a good choice. Carrick is great, too. Yeah, the Garrick is good. Yeah, the the Max. You can't put the Ursa in the Max, though, can you? No, you can't. You'd have to go with the uh, the other one, Cyclone, at that point. Yeah, 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 I would do one of those, or or even a um, a Corsair could be good. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, has a little extra room. Not a ton, but a little extra. Yeah, pretty much any of the Connies would do it, but the Taurus is the cheapest by far. Yeah, the the Taurus is the best bet for your buck, for sure. Um, Undead Parrot actually replied to Silver Vox, but he said the same thing I would say. I think I can reply here so you don't have to wait for the next episode. Um, thanks, Undead Parrot. Um, which meanwhile, he replied yesterday. <laughs> um, Silver Vox, uh, he's from South Africa, right? Oh, is he? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's Silver Um. Port Prince or whatever? Not Port Prince. Uh, no, I'm pretty else. sure he's South African. Um, okay. We played that a couple times together. Uh, oh, nice. Good guy. Real nice guy. Um, so, yeah, Undead Parrot said, currently have to do a character reset to get them back. 318 resets replaced with the repair tool. This doesn't replace your lost items, though, so the only option would be to wait for the next reset or wipe. Um, and then CIG said that they're looking into it, but have no idea when it will be available. And uh, those are all the questions this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for submitting great questions. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, Seaguard, anything, any closing thoughts from you, sir? I would say um, if you haven't done it lately, go out there and try some of the starter ships again. Um, you know, I, I've said this probably a hundred times, and it's probably getting old, but I definitely like the utility of a smaller ship. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at them again. Um, again, the, if you're an Aurora player, be happy because now you can truly see the cargo you're hauling and take it on and take it off with a tractor beam and all that stuff. It's fun. Um, I have to check this, the Mustang, but great, uh, great runaround ship. You know, we're talking a Mustang, 30 bucks, carries six mm-hmm. cargo, but it's a 
fast little ship. It's agile. It does all those things. It just lacks some weapons. Um, you know, Reliant people or uh, Quarry. Um, you know, you definitely need something to just get around and meet up with other people. You don't want to take out your uh, Carrick every time if you're going to ride on Geeky's Carrick. Right? Just show up, get on Even the ground. Crazy me. Yeah. Even right. crazy me has been flying the Corsair a lot lately. Yeah. So there's I just a lot like of the good immersion of it. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you that flying those little ships in the 318 has been a lot of fun. So awesome. So consider consider a zero to hero with 318 if you haven't already. Yep. Um I my only closing thought is please 318 by end of next week. Please. I just want I just want to play it. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Please, please. And uh, that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of SystemCast. If you are um, looking to submit any questions, thoughts, feelings, concerns, you know, things for science, etc., uh, you can do it by one of many means. You can email us at SC at gmail.com. You could, of course, DM our Twitter handle, um, at CitizenCastSC. You could submit a message through our anchor, uh, as you heard earlier today. Um, you can join our CitizenCast Discord and interact in all the many channels uh, that are found there. Or, of course, you can text us and or leave a voicemail at our Google Voice number, 646-783-8154. Yeah. Um, um, if you're out there... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just that call out and uh, call out some places slipstream rescue um great org um we've got crosswinds um independent industrialist the jedi temple madra mm-hmm. rua um we have ssi which that's geekies it's it's, it's not sort of a active. sleeper it's sleeper, sleeper mode right now folks <laughs> right all of so those there's are, more science um, and ex- exploration <laughs> That's right. And then the Parley House itself, uh, you're not part of an orc. It's it's just a place to come hang out and play with other people and multiple channels. Um, you didn't say Dominion Security or Galog. Seagorg. Oh, you're correct. Dominion Security and Galog. My apologies. So, <laughs> I will. Yes. yes. Those are all of our partner orgs within Parley House. Um, yes. So it really is a collective there. Um. And- and, you know, that's to say also, if you are looking for a crew, an org, or even just people to hang out with when you're when you're out there in the verse and want to interact with other people, you know, MMO style, uh, come over to Parlay House. Uh, yeah. It's a great group of people. It'll probably be a lot more active once 318 is out. And, uh, you know, it's just a fun group. Um, and a couple shout outs to like uh, okay. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, uh, <laughs> listen, uh, any of the other great, uh, who's, 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 uh, oh, can't think of his name, the guy, Superman. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Diesel. Why are we guys, shouting these guys out? Just in case they've never heard of the Parley House. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we got a response back though? Seagart's <laughs> had too much coffee. Um, you know, if there was someone who would, Henry Cavill is a big geek. Absolutely. And he's in the movie. He's in the game. He's oh, that's one of right. The characters in the game. Oh, yeah. He's that's one of right. the squadron leaders or that's whatever. Right. Yeah, I forget Mark about Hamill, that all the time. Because they don't really, 
I think he started in the game. You know, he's been an actor in the game before he really got famous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And there another, <coughs> there's another guy who's uh, on. Oh, he's been on lots of shows. You'd know him if you saw him. He's from the Boardwalk Empire. Um, he played the character. He's actually one of the main characters in the, in the game. But he played the character who was, has his face had been basically blown off in the war from Boardwalk Empire. Um, anyway. Are you talking great... about Mark Strong? No, no. Mark Strong is, uh, he's also in the game. So, Yeah. Mark Strong's in it. Yeah. Um, so any of them. Shout yeah. out. <laughs> okay, cool. Shout out to all the different actors. Every time. Jillian Anderson. Jillian Anderson. Seagar's just not happy until we cross the two hour, hour mark, you know? That's that's my goal. <laughs> um, and also, if you, if you haven't already, please check out some of the other content creators who are friends of the show. Uh, Take a look at Earth and Snorkel, as well as Undead Parrots videos yeah. on YouTube. Um, Admiral, Co- Admiral, Admiral Cody and Calibri. Um, first of all, Admiral Cody has saved more episodes than I can count at this point. But also, he and Calibri uh, created a lot of the music for this, as well as they have yep. some separate. Uh, they have a full like album of Star Citizen-inspired music that you can take a listen to. It's pretty great. Um, and, of course... Uh, if you don't know by now, I don't know where you are, but Star Jump uh, has this amazing fleet viewer um, and friends of the show, Grim and VMZO, put a lot of work into making it look awesome. It is cool. And uh, friends, that wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. We'll see you next week, hopefully. Especially now that there's content to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> You know me. Gotta have one more cup of coffee in me. <laughs> oh, that's funny because I got one more Negroni in me, or probably three. Yeah, see? <laughs> you know, uh, I go to bed kind of late. So. The podcast again. Yeah, it's been a, a few too many weeks, but uh, oh, it's really I know it's hard been busy. To, it's hard to, when you're crazy busy. Like I'm a little burnt out, and right. it's hard when you're crazy busy like this to just go. Yeah. You know what? There's nothing to talk about. Let me find things to talk about. Oh, I know that. I know that. So, we'll have plenty Uh, to talk about next week for sure. This is my therapy. I feel better now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Who knew? It could have just been deep breaths, but, you know, Seagard instead wants to chat about space sims. Yeah. And I've got to talk about the Aurora. That's what I mean. Your favorite ship ever. That's right. All I know is it's no Carrick. That's right.